Hello, welcome everyone to another episode of the Cosmic Metrics podcast. Once again, with your hosts Bernard Gunther and Laura Matsu. Today's topic is a very prevalent topic. Uh, it's facing our fears in times of great turmoil. So obviously, we're also referring to this collective fear frequency we are all experiencing to varying degrees regarding the coronavirus. So we'll be talking a little bit about the coronavirus itself, what is truth, what is lies, what is actually going on. Uh, but essentially, we want to go then way beyond the coronavirus or the story out there, but look at fear, you know, at naked fear itself within ourselves beyond any story and how to deal with fear, because that seems to come up for us in many different ways in, in, in all aspects of life. Um, and also we wanted to just update you guys on what we have been doing. If you maybe you're already aware of it, if you're on my mailing list, but we just released our new online course, Shadow Work, Trauma and Occult Forces and the enrollment just started. You can find out more about it on my website, veilofreality.com. Yeah. You can also find out info on my website too, at lauramatsu.com. Um, so yeah, we've basically been going over um, some material that we have on shadow work, trauma, and occult forces, and how they're all interrelated. And I've been really getting into a lot of um, Jungian analysts' work, especially Robert Bly and Marianne Woodman. Like, I don't think neither neither of them are alive now, but they really talk about um, the shadow and the unconscious and how it's related to fear. In fact, Robert Bly says that whenever there's fear there's a direct signal that there's shadow material there. So the fact that there's collective fear coming up shows that there's also collective shadow material coming up. Um, and all fear is rooted in fear of death and annihilation. And um, that's the kind of core wound underneath all fear. And also there's nothing to fear about fear, but the fact that the ma matter is, is most of us are in a pathological relationship with fear. So uh, Robert Bly has this really great story where he makes this analogy about how this it's called the long black bag. And we're actually going to include it in the course so people can read through it. You can find it yourself too. But basically he talks about the long black bag that we pull behind us is our shadow material. And he quotes, um, we spend our life until we're 20 deciding what parts of ourselves to put into the bag. So to put into the shadow and then we spend the rest of our lives trying to get that material out again because the shadow also contains our creativity it contains many gifts so when we deny a negative shadow aspect there's also a positive trait that that shadow holds um, so what we end up putting in this bag so what we end up putting into our own shadow it tends to regress so he he makes this analogy or uh, another Jungian analyst um, I don't know his name made this analogy about how what we put into the uh, this bag behind us, it actually ends up being sent off into the wilderness. And this part of ourselves is completely cut off from our day-to-day -day life, but it ends up growing up and becoming more and more barbaric eventually. So what you see is a people who end up suppressing their anger, 
their fear, their sexuality, you know, it gets sent off into the wilderness. And when they try to reincorporate it back into their life, it's like this kind of like barbaric being that doesn't have any level of civilization. I'm sure some people who will know who like were taught like not to get angry. Majority of us were taught not to get angry as children. We were punished for being angry. And then when we get angry, it like totally takes us over. It's like this completely uh, it's, it's a completely different force. You know, you even notice this on like stupid things on Facebook when people get triggered is like, they're completely barbaric towards each other, completely childish, because this is uh, a sign that shadow material of themselves has been sent off into the wilderness. And then when it comes back into their life, it's completely barbaric basically. So, you know, we also have to notice that, um, notice when these parts of ourselves comes up because it also points to shadow material. And I can guarantee you, because this what I said earlier about fear being a direct signal that the shadow material is there, that we're going to, I mean, you even see it with this whole toilet paper thing, you're going to see people reverting to this barbar- barbaric aspect because what's happening is some aspect of themselves, i.e. their fear has been sent off into the wilderness. And now that they cannot avoid anything but actually facing their fear, they don't know how, how to have a relationship with it. So we're going to talk about like all aspects of that and also just how to relate to fear because fear itself is not actually dangerous. It's not, it, in fact, um, you know, from a Bodhisattva Buddhist perspective, it's actually one of the best materials that you can work with, with your own spiritual evolution. So yeah, I think that's kind of like the summary of how the shadow and fear are directly related. And I think to see it in a uh, positive light, um, the fact that fear is coming up is actually a really good opportunity for us to work with something that we're all trying to avoid. And it's all rooted in fear of death, because what's the worst thing that can happen with the coronavirus? You die. yeah so it's all we're going to talk about this as well about quote-unquote making peace with the fear of death because literally any fear you have is rooted in the fear of death but yeah thank you for summarizing that and um you made a really good point about this you know whatever parts we've denied within ourselves being pushed into the wilderness and then it comes up but it's not you know it hasn't been quote-unquote tamed or approached consciously so this is overreactive mechanical mechanism behind it and very irrational which we see as you just mentioned right now with this stocking up hoarding toilet paper which literally i thought it was just a bad joke like a meme going around until i realized it was the truth right even the other day i'm going to share more about it went to whole foods and all the food is there everything but there's no toilet paper like i cannot get even me as a regular person toilet paper right now Uh, but it activates also this you know the shadow the suppressed fear the reptilian brain of Mm. pure animalistic survival selfish instinct more for me nothing for others right Mm -hmm. it gets activated and and don't kid yourself we all have this shadow aspect within us yeah right so you know so that's that's the issue right now with this quote-unquote coronavirus it's a fear frequency so before we get more into like what laura just shared uh, about you know how to deal with fear and, and like also from a somatic spiritual perspective and obviously from a young and shadow perspective let's look at this coronavirus you know what's happening it's been building up and uh, i think we mentioned it a little bit in our last podcast and also ties into environmental consciousness to collective fear and how we can take out that contagion and I recently also published an article on my website. Some of you may have read it already. Um, Corona fear virus and the forces of illness. 
So go to my website again, veilofreality.com to read more about it. Because right now in this podcast, I want to just go over some basic points, but I just want to point more you guys to look into it yourself and some research and I can uh, give you guys some information and links. There's a lot of links in, in that article as well. But most of what I focus on is like beyond like if it is real or not, if it's a bioweapon epidemic, whatever the truth may be, uh, point of matter is that there's this people are reacting with fear. Yeah, the right? realest thing about the coronavirus is the fear that people have about coronavirus. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and then also, but it's exactly. And then also for the, the ones already more aware of how the matrix works, I mean, it goes without saying, you need to question anything, everything via the mainstream media, via the government, via the World Health, World Health Organization, who, and especially everything by the CDC, right? What's the CDC the again, CD, in case people uh, don't know? The, uh, what does it stand for? Uh, what, that's a good question. Disease something. Uh, Center of Disease Control. Center of Disease Control. Yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, had a, I had a brain fart right now, but exactly. Um because he is also a very telling quote by Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who I have a lot of respect for, helps, you know, brings out awareness to all the danger of vaccines and whatnot. And he uh, spells it out plainly. He says, the CDC is not an independent company. It is a vaccine company. The CDC owns over 20 vaccine patents. It sells about $4.6 billion of vaccines every year. The CDC has become an absolute subsidiary of the pharmaceutical industry, a sock pocket, a spokesperson, a shill for the industry. So that should go without saying that you should not believe or question everything the CDC is talking, uh, sharing or, or uh, the information about the, the coronavirus and whatnot. And that also, I would just, I don't want to make assumption, but, you know, I would imagine most of the listeners also are questioning vaccines and the validity of vaccines because you have an immune system. Um, so there's a whole other agenda beyond the virus. So, um, and never mind these vaccines got developed because we saw the body as an enemy to be conquered to begin with. Yeah. So that goes way back, but it's also definitely something that we don't want to get into too deeply in this podcast, but we've basically turned medicine into this solely like left-brained, actually, I hate to say it, but like patriarchal thing, like we need to, and this is all rooted in fear of death. So it's all interrelated. Like even vaccines are related in fear of death. And I know people are kind of like, you know, people who agree with vaccines are going to think that's crazy. Of course, I don't want to die. But it's also about like medicine used to be a holistic thing. Like medicine used to be integral with spirituality. And then what happened historically is we had this whole black death, black plague takeover. And then all of a sudden we removed it and we, and we started fearing the body and realizing our mortality, which could have been a great opportunity for deep embodied awakening but it wasn't instead we kind of implemented this control system and we separated medicine from um from spirituality like science and spiritual exactly that's that's, that's when it that's when it split every illness has to have a physical cause yeah all of that and that's when it split and just to make a prediction like personally i think because this is the same thing that we're dealing with the coronavirus is that what they're going to attempt to do is create an even further split so we're 
nearing the edge of this transhumanism. Yeah. We are at the dawn of transhumanism. I hate to say it, but we just are. Um, and so the more that they can actually create the divide in that split and separate ma- matter from spirit and, and body from, and body from spirit, the more that they can actually control us because we're completely in this left brain logical thinking world, not realizing the interrelationship between the emotional and spiritual elements of everything we're experiencing. Exactly. So that's, and also they can only do as much as we are willing to permit or go along with the program because we are being programmed. And again, it, it's about questioning everything and especially the CDC, what it, for the reasons I just mentioned. And that literally means questioning any so-called confirmed cases or presumptive cases, which a lot of people be, uh, jump on and believe in even the so-called truth movement or alternative media. They just believe everything, all these cases, not questioning, asking basic questions. How did it happen? Has the virus actually been uh, isolated? How are the tests being done in all of that? And in my article, Corona Fear Rises and the For- Corona Fear Virus and the Forces of Illness, I reference and um, highly recommend the work of John Rappaport. And um, he his website is no more fakenews.com and has links to various articles. Uh, on his web, to his website on in my article, and he has been really exposing the medical cartel for over twenty years in these so-called epidemic psyops. And his track record speaks for itself. I've been personally following his work for a bit over ten years, so I highly recommend to follow his work because, you know, I see both camp. You know, I see people in the mainstream getting into the fear frequency based on mainstream media, but even the alternative media of this whole idea of bioweapon and depopulation and all of it. Nobody questions the numbers, right? And even perspective, even if the numbers were true, it still doesn't constitute to an epidemic. I mean, literally seven and a half thousand people die daily in the U S <laughs> so we've billions. That's it. That's yeah. <laughs> I thought that was more than that. No. <laughs> yeah. But just to put things into perspective, let alone the number of how many people die yearly or in, uh, of the regular flu, it's, it's through the roof. Mm-hmm. So it's like, again, how does the media manipulate the numbers? First of all, and your focus and attention. And a lot of the symptoms of this coronavirus are very similar to just the regular flu as well. So the number, you know, the, the numbers can be intermixed. But again, some, I want to just mention the titles of some of the articles by John Rappaport. I highly recommend for you guys to read. That's coronavirus covert operation. Next one, how to stage a fake epidemic and brainwash billions of people. The coronavirus vaccines as a source of dangerous invasion, planning stocks. Pandemic fears, quarantines, mm. what's the real operation? Coronavirus, the contagion of propaganda. Patient death are, are deployed to sell the corona series, the coronavirus story. Very important, very good article about how these death numbers are being manipulated. Uh, coronavirus, the def- definition of court cases, is producing a new level of illusion. Uh, which he goes into deeper into this whole test, which is uh, the PCR test, which is being used to, to uh, diagnose people with this virus. And nobody questions these tests. And, they're, you know, he has pointed out over years, over decades, that how useless these tests are and also question virology and the mainstream medicine approach of germs. And you cannot always, you know, people say fall into like the, uh, you know, appeal to authority 
fallacy, so to speak. You cannot just believe every doctor or virology expert because they themselves are conditioned, are conditioned mind conditioned, matrix. mind controlled by the matrix, by the medical cartel, by the medical school and yeah. all of that. <laughs> they just believe what they've been told. And anyone who's like had experience, I know like a lot of my own life experiences has been trying to basically recover my emotional and spiritual health by navigating the psychi psychiatric system and even going to conventional therapists. And I found and this is actually what kind of spurred me on my own journey of self-healing is I found that it was completely lacking because they were being programmed by exactly the thing which had um, caused destruction in my life to begin with. Like this, it's actually this kind of left brained, like, you know, evidence based and also like the evidence that they create is just based off of like confirming with each other that their delusions are true so all of these people are like shaking hands with each other and coming up with these official papers and whatever and it's all like i mean anyone who's ever you know done a phd knows that you're just basically trying to find evidence for your theory of people who have um credentials who have already said what you've said you know so you, you can watch the whole um kind of science-based medical establishment fall apart when you find out that it's all a bunch of like basically propping each other up exactly. so this is all yeah. but and this is once again like sorry i just want to interject um this is also once again like uh going back to this pluto saturn conjunction mm. that happened in january like there's some extremely large structures that represent this left brain focused um world that are literally going to fall apart right now or have the opportunity to fall apart if these occult forces don't swipe in and then use the fear for their own agenda so there's a way bigger thing happening mm -hmm. here and i actually felt it because i was on silent retreat when the saturn pluto conjunction went direct and i felt that's actually when intense fear intense terror came up with me and i was like a strangeness in the air and i was like whoa something happened like at that moment and it, it literally just like it was it was palpable interesting and that also ties into just also mention that note um what michael luton talked about the astrology yeah, 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 yeah. On a few podcasts podcasts ago about the yeah. saturn pluto conjunction he said also he's pretty very much aware of the whole matrix mechanisms of cult forces that this pluto saturn conjunction will is going to trigger death anxiety and yes. what do we have death anxiety yeah Literally exactly death anxiety. he called it very he well called yeah. it, and he also yeah. called that something else has entered the system yes like something some other energy yeah you know? so we can look at it from the occult hyperdimensional perspective matrix perspective but we also look at it from the perspective of the divine evolution of consciousness because there's a huge opportunity actually mm -hmm. right now right? yeah yeah and um you know that's something else that came in is because there are changes happening on an emotional spiritual level even though it may seem sometimes slow in the general population people are waking up and there's some force that's had control over humanity for literally thousands of years that's actually beginning to shake and crumble. So this is a something else that's come in because it's beginning to shake and crumble. They're like, whoa, we need to amp up, amp up the, um, the, the occult forces basically. So this is all interrelated. And this is also once again, you know, like kind of working with fear and really learning how to be true warriors and to face fear directly, you know, and to face our 
our fears directly and then to be able to face fears in reality directly because this is where like the rubber hits the road in a sense and the better relationship that we have with fear with terror with death the easier not easier time because to be honest it's never easy like we can't actually experience a rebirth without death like this is the reality and so that's what we're dealing with is if we're willing to go into the fires of the transformational process that's happening, we can experience a rebirth. But if we try and deny it, if we buy into it, if we avoid it, and by the way, buying into the media fear programming is actually a way that we're avoiding it as well, you know, because we're basically looking externally, be like, oh my God, invent a vaccine or tell me what I need to do. Tell me what we should do. Do I need to buy toilet paper? You know what I mean? It's like, once again, like you're just hooking into these control systems that play on hope and fear, especially when there's a political agenda behind it, which I feel there is. Absolutely. Exactly. So yeah, going back to this, just a little bit more, the coronavirus itself again, John Rappaport, I highly recommend. He also wrote an excellent article, how a virus is discovered and identified in the first place. We don't question. We just, most people again, both in the so-called alternative truth movement or the mainstream believe right away the numbers and, and the confirmed cases. And you need to question everything, especially those tests here. You know, John Rappaport spoke specifically about the PCR tests that are literally useless uh, and not accurate. Uh, but we just believe everything, right? So look up his work. It's in my, it's in my article as well. And he gave a good timeline. And just in terms of what Laura just mentioned, the basic political globalist agenda, what's really happening. It's well, what I mentioned also problem, reaction, solution. So besides the obvious goal of forced, uh, enforced, uh, vaccinations, there are many others. James Corbett, also an excellent investigative journalist, mentioned five, you know, items basically that are being delivered to the powers that be on a silver platter you know as people react with fear and panic and then through their fear program give away their power and their rights so to speak you know number one is even unprecedented precedented surveillance <laughs> what how do how do you pronounce you it to... <laughs> <I'm> like... <laughs> unprecedented right thank you unprecedented yeah <laughs> um, See, there it goes. Unprecedented surveillance and control of population. Number two, a blank check for Big Pharma and the WHO. Number three, an excuse to implement medical martial control, i.e. enforce vaccinations. An excuse to crack down on the internet and precipitating economic crisis, which we already see partly happening. And even... Uh, John Rappaport, you know, gives also a timeline of what he calls the fear porn escalation. Number one, pharma plus elite globalists are on the lookout for a new excuse to exert more control over populations and new billions in drug and vaccine sales for reasons just mentioned by the quote of uh, Robert F. Kennedy and the CDC essentially being a vaccine company. Uh, in Wuhan, China, John Robert continues, where the poisonous air pollution is creating serious illness, researchers decide a new outbreak has occurred and it must be a virus. These so-called professionals, local Chinese, World Health Organization, CDC, claim they find the new coronavirus in basically five minutes. And John Rappaport makes a good cause because he also examined what were the circumstances, the environmental uh, condition uh, of these workers in China, the pollution, and all of that has affected that. There's also Never mind the emotional, spiritual the emotional, health. <laughs> and also there's talking about the possible link to 5G that they have been vaccinated before and kind of trigger something within them. Mm. These are things people don't question again they just believe right away oh my god there's a virus so the timeline continues 
The World Health Organization, CDC, feed the press omnibus tales about the new virus, the quote-unquote outbreak, and five minutes later, the quote-unquote epidemic. Then the Chinese government locks down several giant cities. The epidemic stories explode in the press. The virus is spreading, quote-unquote spreading. That's the news headlines. Containment will be difficult. Another headline. Then uh, next headline, containment isn't working. New cases in other countries. It's coming to your country. <clears throat> be afraid. Fear porn follows. And then we had right now recently panic buying in stores. People think if shoppers are buying up food and water like the world is ending, I better buy up food and water too before they're all gone. Mm. Fear and panic. And this is here. This is really what's happening. That's why I'm so, uh, I've spoken out against this whole, like, you know, stocking up, hoarding and prepping. Yeah, on some level, sure, common sense. But people are creating exactly that, that what they are afraid of. And they're doing exactly that, what they're being told, that to actually create an artificial economic crisis based on a bogus epidemic uh, and, and, and based on an artificial crisis. And it's based on fear. Again, because of the fear, the reptilian brain gets activated, the animalistic survival instinct, you run to the store, you get, grab everything, toilet paper at first, more for me, less for others. People become extremely selfish when this inner animal gets activated it's, and you start fighting over your stuff like Uh, over your prey, so to speak, like animals. Like we have seen even there have been fights at uh, supermarkets around over toilet paper. You know, the worst shadow comes out in people and it's filtered through this fear frequency by number triggered number one because of people not questioning and just believing everything and just getting if infected by this fear virus. So it, it just, uh, you know, tags into them and it is, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, even if they, you know, yeah, per personally, I don't see any threat of the virus itself for various reasons. Again, refer the work of John Rappaport and highly question what you're being told, but there are economic repercussions, right? On some level, but still that can also trigger itself more fear. And then you act out of that and run out and stock up and all that and then create the shortage you are afraid of. Yeah. And interesting, uh, this uh, astrologer named Leah Whitehorse, she actually talked about this exact conjunction of Saturn and Pluto actually had, uh, it was a quintuple conjunction between the sun, which means illumination, Ceres, which is an asteroid, which is related to Mother Earth and food, and Saturn, Lord of Karma, mm. Pluto, death and regeneration, and Mercury, which is mind, communication, and news, but it also rules the lungs in medical astrology, and also the lungs are related to grief. And so hmm. the reason that people are obsessively stocking up on food is because of the Ceres aspect, which she, she points at mother earth and food. So this pathological thing, like, Oh, I need to hoard, you know, that's where yeah. it comes from. Yeah. And by the way, like toilet paper, like anyone who's been to India knows that you don't actually need toilet paper when <laughs> shit hits the fan. Like you can, Literally. there's other ways that you can wipe your ass, but what you probably do need is food. But at the same time, you know, like, um, this is more just bringing up our unconscious things around food. And, and um, I also can tell you that, you know, if it really comes to that point that there's no food in the stress anymore, you can stock up for maybe a few weeks, months, but you will need way more than just food. Yeah. <laughs> if you get into that frequency, yeah. you know, you might as well buy guns as well because the worst of the worst can come up. So it's, it's not about, it's, it's what I wrote in an article is about, re first of all, re rejecting the fear, not buying into the fear frequency. However, also like examining being, that's what we want to get into, like really ex examining within yourself, you know, 
facing the fear within where it's tagging in because i can share an example like you know for the most part i reject the fear and i sense it in you know in the environmental consciousness and when we talk about environmental consciousness i refer to our last podcast about the frequency the energy in the environment basically that affects us from the collective from other people places and whatnot and it's coming from the outside hitting us and it can can only come in where it's like a um has an entry point or the correlation frequency within you, right? Mm -hmm. For example, Laura and I, we went, yeah, went to Whole Foods a few days ago just to go normally grocery shopping and there were, no, behold, even Whole Foods, no toilet paper available. You know, we couldn't even get just regular toilet paper not to hoard, stock up just for, you know, normal um, <clears throat> use. And I saw like some, you know, oatmeal was gone here and there and I felt, I sensed some like this like of unspoken weird energy of fear even than whole foods and for a mo for a second for a split second or a few seconds it got me too in that moment like fuck maybe i should just like pack like just get as much you know stock up on food as much as i can before somebody else get it you mm -hmm, know and mm -hmm. that's right i feel the wetico has you the occult forces the matrix has you because then you start only thinking about yourself yeah you know? and based on a completely artificial crisis first of all so the best we can do is like not giving in to that reactive fear response. Yeah. Yeah. And also, um, can I read the quote by Pema Chodron? Do you think it's a good moment? Yeah. I mean, let me just, uh, so again, the coronavirus added, we didn't want to make it like the main focus of this podcast. Again, I ref, uh, referenced the article I wrote and John Rappaport and really question everything, even with the lockdown now, what happened in, uh, in Italy and, who knows what, what will happen by the time of the release of this podcast, but question everything. He wrote an excellent article about that as well and, and, and question these so-called confirmed cases and all of that. And even question, even this bioweapon idea from the truth movement and all of that. And people just really making a lot of assumptions without asking very basic fundamental questions and doing, you know, basic what every journalist should do, investigative journalism, asking about the tests, about, uh, you know, how our virus is discovered anyway, and, and what actually happened in China, and not just believe everything you read out there. And also notice, like, the trauma response that comes up in you when this happens, you know, when the fear um, is present. And one thing, you know, they, they point at doing in trauma therapy is just like, notice where you are in this moment. Are you safe in your home? You know, like just note, like when you get, find yourself getting caught up in the news or other people's fears, just notice actually what's going on in your present moment reality, you know, and if fear is coming up, then you can definitely work with that. But just also notice how much of it is a projection of your own mind into the future, because we actually don't know where this is leading. I think ultimately there is going to be some chaos. I also think that death and rebirth, or not I think, I know that death and rebirth go hand in hand and everyone wants the rebirth and they want the new life, but no one wants to go through the death. And I'm not talking just about physical death. I'm talking about like the death of the life that we knew. And if we don't make conscious choices with our own lives and how we govern the world from our inner selves, there will be forces, divine and anti-divine, who will amp up the amp up the, the stakes. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So that's why it's also important that we do our inner work and we become conscious co-creators, and we really, uh, you know, take back our power in that sense collectively. And just as it, yeah, it, we can always do it as individuals, but we also need to learn how to do it collectively. 
because, you know, one, one thing I learned from just being on the spiritual path myself is what I don't actually willingly face when I have those opportunities, like, i.e. the fears, the little nudges, the little person that triggers me, eventually it builds up and it builds up and builds up until the point where I have no choice but to face that issue, you know? So that's what is going to be happening for people. And that's why it's really important that, you know, from a, from, from the brain perspective, like, you know, from the trauma perspective, what they talk about in polyvagal theory is like when we kind of get very like checked out of reality and we really actually need to get into fight or flight in order to mobilize. So a lot of people in this world, if they're in fight or flight right now, I guarantee you, well, from what I see when I go out in the world is that it's actually a step above from where they normally were, where they were comfortable in their sleeping state. And even so-called quote unquote conscious people become comfortable because they use spiritual theories to just put themselves back to sleep. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I can, I can see it. Absolutely. Yeah. The past of myself and all of that. Yeah. I'd be yeah. like, Oh, yeah. I, I've used a spiritual truth. It makes me feel good about myself. Good about yeah. the world. Can I say something on that? Yeah. Because it's, that's, I want to just tie this in what you just mentioned is more the, the bigger picture matrix perspective because people are aware of our work as well, especially my work. We know that these, these are called forces feed off of that luge, that fear frequency that is very coming from this reactive place that is just projected externally. Well, can I just, can I just interject? They feed off of the fear that we don't work with. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Projected yeah. without owning it, without feeling it, because they also can, it's not about when I say in my article, rejecting fear, it's just not the avoidance of your, of, of emotions. It's just like, okay, healing it within you, facing the fear within yourself, but don't react reacting or unconsciously becoming reactive and trying to protect yourself from it externally, so yeah. to speak. You know what I mean? Because yeah. here's the thing from the basic matrix perspective, and that's what the controllers know as well. And, and the globalists, you know, it's important to keep the public, uh, the public in a state of fear. Also have an enemy, like be it terrorist, viruses, whatever, because when you're in a state of fear, you, you know, basic physiological level, your reptilian brain is activated, pure survival instinct, you're easier controlled, the easier mind control. You look for something externally to help ease the fear, look for a savior and all of that. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, you, you know, you lose your own uh, sovereignty, your own free will, because you just, you know, give in, you give away your rights. Happened again, with same with 9-11 and the fake war on terror, people giving away for the better good of God, for somebody to protect us. Yeah. It's problem reaction solutions. You know, when they enforce the vaccinations come, billions, millions of people will gladly embrace that. And like you mentioned before, it ties deeper into transformation. Humanism. And the patriarchal father complex with the Saturn-Pluto. Mm, yes. Saturn-Pluto conjunction happened in Capricorn, and this is related to the father. And right now, we don't have like a divine father like like um, connection collectively. We have a patriarchal father, and the patriarchal father rules through fear and oppression. So this is what they're trying to create, is create fear so that they can further oppress us. And that, I feel, is just a something else that came in. It's like, oh, people are actually kind of waking up we need to amp up the exactly and now going back to this point you made about death anxiety and that saturn pluto that's triggering this death anxiety through this you know coronavirus scare and whatnot i can guarantee you uh, right away like you can stock up all the food you want for the next 10 years build a bunker you know wash yourself hands and sanitize yourself 50 times a day eat 100 grams of vitamin c a day and shower in colloidal silver i don't know whatever fine and good it will not cure your fear of death and your death anxiety 
you're yeah. just symptom management, right? And I'm not saying that uh, disregarding it's not black and white. Obviously, I'm not saying not to use common sense, but common sense I left the building of basically taking care of yourself because this fear frequency can also, like, on a metaphysical level, lowers your immune system. Ironically, right? Yes, very much so. Very actually, much. you actually what you're truly afraid of, you mm -hmm. attract and, and 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 can create within you. Can literally become sick just by being afraid of of a virus, no matter what it is. Yeah, exactly. I mean, all the ancient traditions have talked about Sri Aurobindo. I've quoted him from Integral Yoga. Talked about it. You now, if you can hold yourself embodied, you know, you can be without reacting to this fear frequency. You can be in the middle of any plague. He literally said that, and won't won't get the contagion. So that's just on a side note. But you know, it's all about comes now. What we want to address more, like facing fear, and any fear is is, is rooted in the fear of death. And it's this death anxiety we need to deal with. And that, mm -hmm. in a sense, I feel now from this bigger picture perspective, that's a bigger teaching function, that opportunity here from a divine perspective, because as a supermental consciousness is descending, it brings now everything up we have suppressed. And as obviously the death anxiety and, and the, that kind of fear, most people, as you just pointed out, have severely suppressed. And it's coming out now, like, like you mentioned, uh, based on, um, Bly's work like a untamed animal exactly and that's why you know especially it's interesting because i was wondering is this the right time to release this kind of course but it's actually the perfect time to release this kind of course because the fear points towards the shadow and the shadow is usually filled with un um, healed or unrecognized trauma. Exactly. And then that's where the occult force is taken. So this is all interrelated, you know? Um, so can I just share the quote about fear? Yes, it's please. a good moment. Yeah. So this is from Pema Chodron, um, in her book, when, when things fall apart, uh, no one ever tells us to stop running away from fear. We are very rarely told to move closer, to just be there, to become familiar with fear. I once asked the Zen master, Kobun Shino Roshi, how he related with fear. And he said, I agree, I agree. But the advice we usually get is to sweeten it up, smooth it over, take a pill or distract ourselves, but by all means, make it go away. We don't need that kind of encouragement because disassociating from fear is what we do naturally. We habitually spin off and freak out when there's even the merest hint of fear. We feel it coming and we check out. It's good to know that we do that, not as a way to beat ourselves up, but as a way to develop unconditional compassion. The most heartbreaking thing of all is how we cheat ourselves out of the present moment. Sometimes, however, we are cornered. This is kind of what the coronavirus is bringing up, this feeling of being cornered almost. Yeah. Everything falls apart and we run out of options for escape. At times like that, the most profound spiritual truth seems pretty straightforward and ordinary. There's nowhere to hide. We see it as well as anyone else, better than anyone else. Sooner or later, we understand that although we can't make fear look pretty, it will nevertheless introduce us to all the teachings we have ever heard or read. So next time you encounter fear, consider yourself lucky. This is where courage comes in. Usually we think that brave people have no fear. The truth is, is, that, is that they are intimate with fear. When I was first mar married, my husband's said I was one of the bravest people he knew. When I asked him why, he said, because I was a complete coward, but went ahead and did things anyhow. The trick is to keep exploring and 
not bail out even when we find out that something is not what we thought. That's what we're going to discover again and again and again. Nothing is what we thought. I can say that with great confidence. Emptiness is not what we thought. Neither is mindfulness nor fear. Compassion, not what we thought. Love, Buddha nature, courage. These are code words for things we don't know in our minds, but any of us could experience them. These are words that point to what life really is when we let things fall apart and let ourselves be nailed to the present moment. And, um, um, I think what she's also re- relating to is like, uh, um, I read recently like this kind of analogy of like a castle where you have to enter in order to get to one room, you need to go through other rooms. So in order to actually access compassion, courage, you know, even emptiness or the truth, we actually need to enter through the room of fear first. So this is also why this fear is an opportunity and why we can't bypass it. We need to be like, if you get to the fear, then what's beyond the fear is usually what you're looking for, you know? So that's why it's really important. We develop a relationship with the fear. And not only that, like the more that you can like actually sit with your fear in meditation, the less scary the world becomes, ironically. Like, I don't know how that works, but maybe it's because it's your own free will choice and you're entering out of choice. And you also learn to develop a better relationship. Like now when I feel, I used to be like plagued by anxiety, you know, even now I have to walk how much coffee I drink because my nervous system, I have like so much electricity in my body. I don't need any more, but that's just also pointing to how I relate with, with it. Like what is, what is fear? Like on an energetic level, like how do you experience it in your body? I personally experience it as electricity and that electricity can be a lightning bolt or it can be something that fuses me out. So depending on how I relate with it, depending on how I use that energy. So that's just kind of like breaking it down more into like, rather than externalizing it, just notice how you feel fear in your body and notice even how there could be an intelligence, in fact, even a correct use of fear, you know, in the moment, but you need to develop a relationship with the energy in your body in order to even know how to work with it. Yeah. Yeah. You made several good points. Thank you for sharing this quote, what she said about her husband, uh, her being brave, but um, what was it again? Brave? He said, um, how brave she is. Yeah. When I asked him why he said, because I was a complete coward, but went ahead and did things anyhow. That, that reminds me also of, um, the Don Juan's teachings, uh, uh, the teachings of the teachings of Don Juan based on Carlos Castaneda's work. We also talked about fear and courage and the warrior archetype mm-hmm. in the warrior that the warrior is not fearless but he acts despite his fear of courage. Yes. And that's a true definition of courage because you can only act actually with courage if you have fear. Mm-hmm. It's not about, you know, anybody who claims to com- be completely fearless, the They're vast larger are checked out, disassociated. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because to be in this truly, because I have my own, I can first want to admit, I have my own fears, yeah, conscious, subconsciously, right? Like little things, you know, here and there all rooted uh, ultimately in the, in the inconscient, as Sri Rabbinu called the inconscient of the body, all the cells are just afraid of death, mm. you know, and to be in this complete ultimate, state of complete fearlessness where none parts of your being consciously or unconsciously is free of death is the ultimate you know 
descent of the supermental consciousness even beyond being enlightened mm. you know until then there's fear in your body yeah, in your cells and people don't understand like the extent that you and i put ourselves out there like almost every single time when i write something and share it with the world even you know we create a lot of things to put out in the world people like think that you need to be at a certain level of confidence or fearlessness to do that no it's just like i feel like fear a, a lot when i put stuff out there yeah. it's just the reality but it's just i don't let the fear control me exactly you know and i also like it's like you kind of acknowledge it it's there you can also work with it make it into an ally but you don't let it like govern your actions because fear has an intelligence but only if we get out of our pathological relationship with fear yeah because most of us are acting from uh fear all the time in fact like we're f afraid all the time because we're scared of death yeah and then also i mean there's truth and the saying that fear is an illusion that's a higher truth because it literally is an illusion it's you're afraid of something that may happen in the future and in a time mm -hmm. but you can easily use it as a spiritual bypass oh yeah people, right to yeah, avoid yeah, your yeah. own like you know death anxiety and just being with it and transmuting it feeling it but f facing your fears by allowing yourself to feel it mm -hmm. but not mechanically acting on it yeah. for example fear fear on that level is an illusion but danger can be real so it's also like you mentioned sometimes the healthy aspect of fight and flight to protect ourselves on some level mm -hmm. but in this case of the coronavirus it's completely artificially manipulated by these other forces or call forces the globalists you know yeah that, uh, you know that are vessels for them to trigger that to act as uh, for us to act in a certain way you know and everybody who fe feeds into the fear believes everything they say and acts accordingly they you act exactly how they want you to act they want to literally create the uh, economic shortage you know that uh, um, domino effect through your own actions actually of your own fear even like it's a fear-based economy right the, the stocks are plunging right because mm -hmm. everybody's afraid <laughs> yeah, yeah that's why but what's going back to the question what's the worst you can happen Right? You die. You die, People or, you know no, die. or on an economic level, you lose money. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So those are the two worst things that can happen. <laughs> and anyone who's actually processed, like, I mean, yeah, none of us want anyone that we love to die. That's the reality. You know, it's just, it's difficult. Grieving is intense, you know. But at the same time, you know, anyone who's lost someone they've loved and truly grieved that person knows that even death itself will not destroy your soul in fact it can actually make it much stronger and your own death like i think maybe because i've i i kind of destroyed my body at a certain point it felt like i was like hanging on for dear life And anyone who's experienced a major illness or a car accident and then had to rebuild their life, it's almost like you get like a second chance that you didn't think that you were allowed to have, you know? So facing death is not as scary. Yeah, I still get scared when somebody is driving crazy and almost hits us. But at the same time, you know, like death itself is not is also not something to be afraid of. I personally believe, and some people may disagree with this, but every single person who dies died at the exact right moment that they had to die. And there are no accidents as far as death, even if it's a spontaneous thing. You can even see those kinds of things in people's astrology chart. Yeah, I mean, the mind can never figure that out yeah. to begin with. You yeah. know, who knows the soul lessons when it decides to check out, karmic, all of that, mm -hmm. the divine grace, tough grace, whatever it may be. We, you, your mind won't know right yeah. that's why we grieve because we don't understand we don't see the trajectory of 
of the super mind of the super mental consciousness. And I also heard a really great quote um, actually at the retreat is that grief is just love at the end of its life cycle. So like, you know, you can't actually like, you know, grief in, in my view is also very beautiful and also very important, you know, and I think that there's almost, you know, it's interesting how, um, you know, this astrologer Leah Whitehorse related it to the lungs because what I see also what I feel more than fear is I feel a lot of sadness coming up for people and they may not be consciously recognize it. In fact, the fear and the anger is usually layers over the sadness, but what needs to happen is also like there's a lot of grief that we're carrying that needs to be released as well yeah. exactly so you know as we're nearing the end of the the first hour so that's you know we wanted to share a little bit you know about the coronavirus again check out my article uh, called corona fear virus and the uh, the forces of illness which i also i quote a lot from uh, integral yoga sri abandoned mother about the metaphysical occult aspects of microbes how these actually call forces themselves and how to approach illness the forces from illness from a, a integral yogic perspective we also talks about that the, the fear is the most uh, um, dangerous contagion, which, you know, it disrupts your aura, your snow field, as he calls it, and on a physiologic level, literally lowers your immune system. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, check out the work of John Rappaport, who lays it out well out, question all the numbers, the so-called confirmed presumptive cases. And question the the whole mainstream science around uh, uh, germs and viruses to begin with, and ask questions: How are viruses detected? Have they actually isol- isolated the, the the virus, and how? And who says? Again, all the links are in in that article on my website. And also, like this is another topic that we get into in the choruses, and they talk about this in Tibetan Buddhism a lot: is how hope and fear are two sides of the same coin. So. From a political perspective, we all, I mean, every politician, it's like about hope, about hope for the future. And what did they do to create your need for hope? They create the fear frequency so that they can swipe in and then play the other side of the duality. So just notice how people play on these, these feelings that we have, because I, there's no coincidence that this is happening right during election time. Like, and not only that, like when you Google the mainstream news about the coronavirus, like, who hops on it like more than anything like cnn new york times all these news agents who have gotten to the point of maturity that it literally sounds like high schoolers who hate trump and he's the school bully are writing it I- like it's no no civilized journalism in fact what we mentioned at the beginning this part of ourselves and it ends up regressing you know that's what's happening the shadow of the media is coming right. out that reminds me i just want to mention that because uh, first of all Full disclaimer, people who know my work, I'm not a statist. I don't uh, identify with either side, left or right, I don't vote. And, it's, you know, I've mentioned the reasons for that many, many times in my articles. Having said that, I was just researching a bit what the what the president or the, the current candidates, political candidates say about vaccination. And lo and behold, Trump actually questioned vaccination. They pointed out the danger. He pointed out the links to um, autism. And he even referenced also Robert um, uh, Kennedy Jr., which I quoted before. And apparently was even thinking of uh, hiring him as an advisor. Um, I cannot confirm this, but definitely 
Trump out of all the people was the ones who voiced concerns around vaccinations and who's full on for vaccinations. The leftist uh, savior and hyped savior once again, Bernie Sanders. Mm -hmm. Literally, that's mm -hmm. a quote from him. I, I posted that as well in the article where he like really like voiced concern that children need to be vaccinated. If I would have a kid, you know, I don't want to be a, my kid around unvaccinated children. So, you know, to all the people who think he's, he's the savior of the new world, um, you know, he is f going aligned with the CDC agenda of, of enforced vaccinations, more or less mandatory vaccinations. So question that. But again, you know, whatever, like the fears out there, right? It's important to have that information to get a clearer picture and question everything. But essentially not using even that information to bypass our own um our own inner process and really confronting the fear we have within the necessity mm -hmm. to fear all feelings. As mm -hmm. Eva Pirocco said, it's not, it's a wonderful, like rejecting the fear contagion. Yes. From the outset to not get infected by the mass panic, what's happening, because that's really what's happening worldwide. Right. And then, you know, become like mechanical automatons, like a chain reaction. You do what everybody else is doing and, you know, and, and you create the shortage you're afraid of, so to speak, and only think of yourself anymore. It's this really animalistic, pure, selfish, reptilian brain uh, consciousness. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, okay, where's this fear tagging into? What's, where's this death anxiety? There are many other fears I have. Use it as an opportunity for self-inquiry. And I think that's, we want to get more into that in the second hour. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And also, once again, we definitely will get into that as well in the whole in the four week process in this online course we're offering right now, shadow work, trauma, and occult forces. Because as Laura mentioned right now, that ties into everything else—the shadow of yeah. what we have suppressed, it, the fear tags, and all our un unconscious wounds and traumas that are coming out now, and the occult forces feed off of that. And, people, and exaggerate that even more. And people, like, we need to also understand this value of creating this container. Like, we're creating a container for shadow work, trauma to be explored, and also the cult forces and how they impact our life. So we're literally creating that container. It's basically like a controlled, in, in, in a sense, it's not like completely under control, but it's like a controlled environment where we can actually work out these things. And this is actually how we affect the world. It's If we all do this work together, the kind of ripple effect it has in our lives, in everyone who is around us, in our communities is immense. And so it's so important that we actually show up into groups and kind of create these ripple effects because of the immensity of the energies we're dealing with right now. So we need to kind of create these, I think Shradalu called it like pockets of light, exactly. you know, and we yeah. do this by making the darkness conscious. And I mean, for anyone who's tried to do shadow work with their family members or other people, you know, that's one thing. And that's actually quite hard because these people aren't, aren't up for it most of the time. So we're creating an environment of people who are going to be up for it. And so that we can all work through these things together. And I think this is actually what's going to be the most powerful uh, antidote to these times of fear. It's like, whoa, like now we have our fear, our anger, our uncivilized parts of ourselves. They're right in our face. You know, we're not in our comfortable lives suppressing them. So now is an amazing opportunity to learn how to work with it. And by the way, like Bernhard and I are also on this journey as well 
well. Like we're also doing this work. All of our stuff is also coming up. So I think this is a really amazing opportunity for us to really become true spiritual warriors by allowing the darkness that we're experiencing in the world to make us collectively more conscious. Exactly. So to find out more about the course, enrollment just started a couple of days ago. Go to my website, veilofreality.com or Laura's website, lauramatsu.com. And uh, we'll talk more about all that, the fear and anything else in this second hour. See you guys then. If you guys, by the way, if you guys uh, are not members yet, sign up on my veilofreality.com website as well so you have access to the second hour and especially also to the forum where we discuss all these topics as well see you there bye